Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Thursday, it is 8.35. You will be on Facebook, you could be on YouTube, you could be catching up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And you are tuning in to House of Property live with Katie Griffin and Martin Vaughan as we bring you an update of everything business and property from the coalface. Good morning, Katie. How the devil are you? Good morning, Martin. I'm absolutely fine. If anyone could have uh, just like 10 seconds before we go live to see the crazy romantic <laughs> things that go on behind the scenes, you would just love it. And actually now we are the oasis of calm currently, aren't we? And no one just ran to have a quick wee before the uh, <laughs> press the button to go live. <laughs> so I'm good. I'm good. It's a short week. It's a short week. There's been a lot of chocolate eaten. There's been a lot of sun shining. Um, and generally it's been quite a nice long weekend. A lot of us obviously have continued to work a little bit behind the scenes um, just to keep things ticking along. Some of us, I know you including have had a lovely break with doing no work whatsoever <laughs> so, so here's two things i have a double-edged sword a love-hate relationship with bank holiday mondays um you try and condense five days worth of work into four it makes those other four days exceedingly stressful but i want to put something to you that actually rest gives clarity rest gives clarity think about and um, when you're going for a run or a walk or you're in the shower and all of a sudden you come up with that great idea, that's because you are giving your brain a rest. That hamster wheel that everybody is on stops for a second and you get some clarity in your life. That's why during COVID it's brought about this great resignation as people have realised, actually, do we want to get back on that hamster wheel or do we want to go in another direction? Um, so mm. rest gives clarity. So there's four days over Easter. I hope you got some rest, Grifter, to give you some clarity. And I hope everybody else did, because rest gives clarity. Good, good. Right. Topics for this week, then. <laughs> Topic. Yes, yeah, straight on, straight on. So <laughs> our title of our show this week is what's working in your business and tough questions to ask yourself. So I want to kick off. OK, I know normally we talk about the market, but we'll come back to that. But I want to kick off by putting you in front of that train that I like to, you know, <laughs> asking you <laughs> some tough questions, all right? Okay, now, they don't, yeah, they, they, but it's really for, the idea of this is it's for <clears throat> entrepreneurs, whether you run your own business, whether you're working in a business, whether you're employed, whether you're a junior, all the way through to the senior CEO, director level, whatever, but just yeah. to kind of, after our long weekend, and like you're saying, you know, time off gives clarity, Let's ask ourselves some questions because a lot of us are having it tough at the moment and some people need to fall back in love with what they're doing, their job, their business, everything. Okay, so the first question I'm going to ask you is, what is your big thing? What is your why? What do you jump out of bed in the morning and why do you do it? So this comes back a little bit to last week and it's talking about our blank sheet of paper, right? And yeah. some fabulous comments on social media. Again, I'm buying time why I think um why why do i do what i do why do i do what i do i do what i do for two reasons two reasons one um the success the success the feeling of winning for me and achieving and striving and trying things and it winning and getting better and better and better makes that 
keeps me going and gets me out of bed in the morning. I want that success. I crave that win. I crave that success. I keep wanting to get better and better. Not just the competition, but not just selfishly for me, but also for other people around me who I care about. That could yeah. be a client. That could be a member of the team. That could be a family member. That could be a trainee, whatever it may be. But actually to guide and succeed as an individual, but as a team of people, because nobody can ever achieve anything singularly. It takes everybody to do it together. So I don't think it's just me, but that whole mentality between me and people, that's how I get out, why I get out of bed in the morning. All okay. this is deep. Yeah. Mm. So what are you avoiding doing? Because we've all got those things on our to-do list that we leave till la you know, later. I know you before is manana, isn't it? But what, what are you avoiding doing and why? Yeah, because everything you don't want to do, you put to the bottom of the queue and less yeah. jobs to do this and pass it on to the next day or the next week and that day never comes. And um, what am I avoiding doing? What am I avoiding doing? It might be a project. It might be, you know, like, oh, I've been meaning to plan for the last half of the you know, last six months of the year and I haven't got to that yet. You know. OK, OK, I've got it. One thing that I think we should be doing that I'm not doing is and it was something that we happened for a while and was very successful. Um, is all first viewings for sales and lettings to be done virtually rather than physically. So all first viewing, and actually not just saying when somebody wants to do a viewing, say, oh, I'll send you a video, um, actually putting a process and an experience behind it to weed out the time wasters and really engage those motivated people. So I would do the first, I would get more efficient with my time by having a virtual viewing in the first instance. And that's back to kind of doing things differently, which we talked about before the blank sheet of paper. It's about uh, processes, isn't it? And putting in place a proper uh, way um, and plan forward of how your team can implement that. I love that, I love that. I've just written down process and experience like it. So if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you start doing in your business? Oh, I start this question. I start another of my courses with this question. Um, and then we try and cover it in the day. Um, but I've never written it down myself. If I was, I knew I was so what would you um if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you yeah. start doing in your business? So this again is talking about pulling us back in and differentiating differentiating us because we'll come on to fees in a minute. But what would you, you know, what would you do? What would you start doing if you knew it would just be a goddamn awesome success? I would invest. I'd in invest to increase revenue. And that could be by increasing fees. That could be by increasing product services. That could be increasing customer services. It could be growing geographically. But I would invest to grow. And the hesitation comes back with the economic headwinds that have never been materialized at the moment. But if I knew that I wasn't going to fail, then I would invest to increase revenue. Cool. I love that. I'd open another office because I think that that's the way forward. But there we go. Uh, there we go. But that's investing to increase revenue, right? That's, yeah. you know, you think yourself, right, I'll go and hit that geographical area. I'll be able to tap into a new marketplace. I'll be able to compete in that area because you're investing to get the revenue in. And it's just having that guts, isn't it? Just to, it's standing at the edge of the swimming pool and they're all in there enjoying themselves and diving in, isn't it? Sometimes you need to mm. give you a shove. Yeah, <laughs> except you get really mad when someone does. does anyway, yeah. um, last question. What is holding you back? Okay, so the easy answer to this is time. I mm. don't have time to do it. That's the that's the excuse. That's the excuse. Yeah. The honest answer is probably the fear of being different. 
So think about those virtual viewings. I know that that makes complete commercial sense if I sell it to a customer properly and it will aid their customer journey and beat my competitors. But it's the fear of being different. It's the fear of challenging. It's the fear of um, explaining to a customer something different to what my competitors are doing. Mm. That's what stops me from doing it. That's what holds me that, that is your question. Well done. I think that's awesome. So following on from that then, okay, so doing things differently, because again, this is our blank sheet of paper, part two. What If we're all open and transparent and trusted professionals, why don't we put on our websites what we charge? And we have full transparency. Do you do that? Do you put no. your fees on your website? Why don't we do it as agents? Some agents do, I know, but not many. Um, why don't we do it? Why don't we do it? Because it doesn't, doesn't uh, for two reasons, probably. And I'll ask, throw this back at you in a minute, because I'll ask if you do do it. Um, so get thinking. But I would guess off the top of my head, the two reasons why people don't do it is one, different circumstances of properties and clients demand different fees different so it scenarios. takes away different scenarios takes away your flexibility and because those estate agents that can't picture themselves and just talk about other estate agents all the time will just hone in on that and try and undercut you so um i've never done it i know some estate agents do do estate agents that do only are they the cheap agents are they the ones that yeah. um, i'm just going to try and be cheap so i'll then advertise my fees because uh, that's my USP, or is it um, at a sensible level? So, would you? So, when your firm, Katie Griffin, would you put on your website that your fee is two and a half percent for everybody? Uh, no, I wouldn't, because I don't get two and a half percent. And if I got two and a half percent, I would probably run around and drink champagne at nine o'clock in the morning because I'd be so thrilled that actually I'd smashed it. Um, <laughs> but. but I think that the agents that put it out there, from the research that I've done over the last sort of couple of days, it's the sort of one and a half percent to two percent agents. And those are the sort of figures or fees that are being quoted um, out there. But my point is that we talked previously on a previous show about zero week contracts. And actually, why would you tie in a client yeah, to a contract? OK, mm -hmm. because we're transparent agents. But actually, we're not transparent because we don't put our fees or our charges on our website. Now, we have to, obviously, for lettings. So yes. why don't we just do it for sales? I just, it's just, I'm thinking I've got my new website wearing away in the background. It's just one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of looking at and being upfront about what you charge. You know, this, it, it shows that you're transparent. It shows that it, you can develop a reputation for being honest and open um it, it saves time it takes that elephant in the room out of the way doesn't it that was what i was about to say so that point how many times have you been on a pitch where you've got on beautifully and you get to the point where you're about to talk about fees and you as an agent almost take a deep breath and 1.75 percent <laughs> I'll, do it, I'll, I'll do it for one i'll do it for one and they didn't even take breath and um, it takes that out that apprehension part of the pitch out of it i quite like it but yeah. would you go to less property would you go for less prop would you attend less market appraisals and be able to prove your worth to people that weren't going to use you if you were if they were ruling you out on fee on your website immediately well, I've just looked and the little bit of research, not specifically for real estate or estate agents and letting agents, but generally for businesses, um, all professional business services that put their fees up front, it is proven that that actually doesn't 
lose than business. Okay. So my so, kind of my challenge out to our listeners is: Are you going to make that switch to hide or proudly display your price? The fear of being different. Yeah, the, the fear, fear of being, of being different. different. Okay, dokie. So we normally start the show every week um, mm. with what's going on in the housing market, and traditionally, the housing market has in activity the shape of an M, doesn't it? Mm. And we've normally just hit fifth gear. The daffodils are out. We've got Easter's arrived. With a long weekend. Boom, the market's grown into the spring. And then when the kids break up in the summer, we have a bit of a dip for an autumn surge for people moving in for Christmas yeah. and then a quietening down. That isn't the case anymore. We used to be able to predict the market when it was going to be busier, when it was going to be quiet. You wouldn't employ people in September because you know that by the time they got in, they've been inducted. It's going to be December and January. It's going to be quiet. You'd wait until the end of January and employ them in February. So, but the market doesn't do that now. The market's doing this. It's all over the place, isn't it? Um, why is that? And will it ever return to the old-fashioned M? Oh, God, difficult. Um, it's it's a market that's really difficult to predict. You're right. It is very up and down. But again, this is the market that we experienced before we went into the, the pandemic, wasn't it? That actually it was a challenging market, very difficult to predict what fees, what your turnover and transaction levels you were going to do um with more data out there we can kind of like ascertain it but it's kind of how it feels isn't it so you've got the stats and there's always damn lies and statistics but it's how the market feels um it felt on tuesday after the the bank holiday weekend very quiet the phones were very quiet it's picked up again but again like we we're saying in market very difficult to predict uh, do you know i think things have changed i think um the the life has changed people have got different priorities and i think these the, the changes that we've made are going to kind of be all through the year. So it's going to be less of an up and down market and going to be potentially more static. But it's really hard because on one hand, you turn around and, and how it feels is that there's a lack of stock. But the stats come out that say, actually, there isn't. There isn't well, a lack of stock. There's a lack of stock on the market compared to where we feel comfortable as estate agents. Is that a lack of transactions? No, it's the fact that properties are coming on the market and selling quickly. Although, yeah. wasn't there a stat, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that 28% of properties that are on the market in the UK have been on the market for longer than 12 weeks. And is that yeah. a case of overvaluing or quieter market conditions? Um, so it's not all churning quickly, is it? But no. we sit there comfortably when we've got a some beans on the shelf to sell, cool. some product to sell, don't we? Um, but actually, they're selling. The transactions are happening. Yeah. So our income shouldn't really have changed too much, although I know that people are struggling with their cash flow mm. um, currently. Um, so this takes me on to, I think that one of the reasons why the M has disappeared is because it is now more property-led. It's more transactional-led rather than seasonally-led. We talk yeah. about there are more people in the marketplace in the spring as they start to come out more. And let's be honest, we've all been out more over the last few days, haven't we? Because the sun's been out. But actually, people were coming out on the 15th of January. If that right house presented itself to the market, you'd get 30 viewings on it where you'd normally only expect that in the season or so. It's more property led rather than seasonally led because of the um the mentalities you've got, as I said, the mentality of people. So now we have to make things happen, don't we? So how many sales are actually happening off market? I've been looking at some competitors. And more and more are launching properties either on their own website for let or for sale or in social or in social media groups before they hit the portals. So yeah. to try and drag activity to their own um, businesses so that they can have conversations. You mm. imagine how many times have you put a house on the market 
in the last 12 months, Katie, and you've had more than one offer on a property? Oh, every property, pretty much every property. But this is back, isn't it, to being a market maker? That if you've yeah. got a lack of stock, you've got to get out there and you've got to make the market. And that might be that you've sold one on a particular road or with a particular amount of land, and you know that you've got another four or five, um, you know, that, that potentially could come to the market. Those are the ones that you've got to go out and pick up the phone to. Or I don't want to say door knock. You've got to drop no. something through the door, saying, "I have just sold this down the road." You will have seen it on the portals. But what we could do for you, if you want a private sale you know if you want an off the market transaction i've got the buyers here if you're considering a move you know i, I just we've just got well, to be a bit more proactive be a bit more different because we've been again we've talked about this we've been order takers it's been like falling off a log yeah. actually this little switch is just starting to come in and it's those good agents that do things a bit differently um that are, are good in a harder market will will continue to be successful and go to the next level, isn't it? You know, Katie, I've just sold a house around the corner. Three buyers offered on it. I've got one that's desperate for a house, almost identical to yours. I got £750,000. If I could get around £750,000 for your house, would you move? But it's and probably wait for the answer. It's one of those vendors that come back and go, do you know what? I moved for 800 because everything's selling, isn't it? Like, mad. Is. But you're making somebody who isn't motivated to sell starting to become motivated to sell. And that old thing, isn't it, and, um, of asking for the business or asking who else will be able to help be able to get the business. It's just starting to talk to people that are motivated again to make things happen. That's so this the key, is back, again, to doing things differently. So because it's been like falling off a log, well, it hasn't. It's actually really hard work, but uh, <laughs> that's what the, the consumer on the street thinks. What this back to this fear of doing things differently in our blank sheet of paper is, you know, should we, what else should we be doing to, to be that market maker? You know, should we be, we talked last week about there aren't any guides out there for uh, first time sellers. And there are lots of um, people out there, couples or individuals that are actually wanting to trade up now um, for that kind of proper first time move. Uh, or sorry, second time move, but it's the first time they've sold. Well, shouldn't we be doing a, a, a first time seller evening, a first time seller event? Shouldn't we be doing something either digitally online or face to face to just to be different? Yeah, we are. We are. We're doing that because but it's the fear it's like oh god what if no one comes what if no yeah. one turns up but don't do that you've just got to get out there and do it and you can always invite your mum and dad and your mates along can't you <laughs> well you should do anyway shouldn't you but that's really important isn't it? because you're giving back to the market how are you different what is your usp what is makes you different to everybody else and it grows you as the personality doesn't it you've done some phenomenal social media coverage over the last two years that makes you the personality you are the go-to individual that in your community that people come to when they want to talk about the market because you presented yourself as a personality. Actually, if I was being really kind, you've probably taken that to the next level and gone to the industry, not just your local community, but from a consumer point of view, in your local community. And we are obsessed as a nation with estate agents and estate agency. Mm. There's been this whole surge of reality TV around our industry, hasn't there? That... Um, more and more programs, and I was thinking about this um, as I got an email through this morning from Netflix say that the new series of Selling Sunsets is out there, sexy people selling sexy properties. And I was trying to think about what is it that actually people want about it? And I was this is happening all over the world. And I was watching a, a podcast the other day about this in Australia. And what they were talking about, it was ABC News put out there that people don't want realistic or realism. They want the magic. Mm. And 
within TV overall. You know, look at the programme that's been on over the Easter weekend about the guy in the canoe. That's a true story. He goes and fakes his own death. Yeah. People want to know the magic of that story, not the realism of the story, the magic of the story. And we have that in abundance, don't we? in our industry and this tv producers are very cleverly bringing the sexy parts that really nice property that really individual client that really unusual situation and bring it together to make a whole tv series well how can we do that on a on a local level in terms of putting yourself out as an individual via video to show those sexy elements those interesting elements about what's going on in your day-to-day -day world i think that's a brilliant way forward to move to take to keep capturing those things as you're saying those investors evenings those giving guides those giving information to show that you are the person the go-to personality within your marketplace it's stories isn't it it's stories but i also like i think people like to see the raw and the reality because you, you've got all those beautiful homes that you sell, but obviously, well, not always, but sometimes you've got some really pretty shitty ones, haven't you? Sorry about that, but they are. You've got some challenging homes that you, you have to say, look, plumping up the cushions and putting the coffee on, that's not going to help. We're going to have to have a little bit of a chat here. Um, and there, there, there are, and people like that, the behind the scenes things, where, where you go in and you, you know, you snap the key off in the lock and then you walk upstairs and realise you, you've stood in some mud and it, you know, it, it happens to us all. We are only human. And I think, again, sometimes creating a story on that front that things do go wrong, we are only human, is also quite interesting because we only get the sizzle, don't we? Yes, <laughs> actually, not just the sausage. People like, people like a little bit of failure, particularly when it comes to estate agents, don't they? <laughs> so I think that's another, it's another thing to do. Although what I wanted to understand, because you're very good at this, you know people that have a photographic memory, hmm. yeah? Do you think they're born with it or do you think it develops? <laughs> I thought you were gonna like give me a comment then. I didn't realise it's gonna be your joke. Thank you. Now, can I ask you, do you know what tomorrow is? The 22nd of April. Do you know what day it is? Friday. No. <laughs> I just no. worry sometimes. I don't do you, know. Well, you have to okay, know so it is it is Earth Day. Okay, Friday the 22nd of April. It is Earth Day every 22nd of April. I didn't know that. That is a fact for everyone who also didn't know that. Um, Says Mother it, Earth. <laughs> um, it's the opportune moment to start your journey towards a more sustainable industry. Well, what that actually means is we need to be looking yet again at our green footprint and what we are doing. And we've talked about our green paper, our toolkit that we've been working on and we're continuing to work on, but just about your green credentials. So tomorrow, Earth Day, we should be promoting it. We're all going to wear green tomorrow. Um, thank you, Jerry Lyons. Shout out to Jerry Lyons, who has actually put some really great Canva images out there for free to share just to get the message out there. And that might be well, you, you recycle your paper. Don't go and get a Costa. Yeah. You you know, take your own recyclable cup. Um, it might be, what have I got down here? My youngsters, sustainable fashion. You know, they're all to wear things a few times and sell it on on vintage. Um, yeah. it's, the, it's the way forward, recyclable, reusable. And we really need to think about it in our agencies. Um, I think that the Guild had some stats from their, their conference recently, which we reported on. Just saying that the consumer, um, whether that is a buyer, a seller, a tenant um, or a landlord, are starting to think about the green credentials of estate agents. And again, it's different. It's down to, you know, we are the green agent. Here is our policy. Here is our plan. And you can get that from us.
It's important though, isn't it? And I, you know, I was listening to David Attenborough this morning. He's, he's 96, you know, the same age as the Queen. Um, 96. Um, Thank you. It's so important, isn't it? You know, it's such an, it's a time for change. And as he was saying, we know how to do this. We just need to do it. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's one of the, go back to those questions at the very top of the show. What will you do differently? That's a massively important area, isn't it? Yeah, really, really good. Now, another thing I've seen on the sort of social channels this week, and we haven't discussed this because we haven't had a chance, as you know, this is a raw show straight from the coalface. We only have a few notes. Um, and it's amazing sometimes how quickly 30 minutes goes, but sometimes it's amazing how slowly. <laughs> God, you've got six minutes to film, sweetheart. Keep talking. <laughs> um, and it's Rebecca Beardmore, and I've noticed her kind of she's a marketing lady. Um, she's coming out more and more and more on social. Um, and she put this weekend that if you've just got 10 minutes and you're meant to not be working, but just have a little, you can't help it because we like, love this bit of property. Look at your competitors' reviews. I love this. I think this is great. So I do a competitor analysis every month and to um, kind of track what uh, my competition are doing, talk about the look at their blogs, if they've updated them. And I do actually look at their Google reviews, but not in detail. I look at the number that they've got and if they're focusing on that in their particular marketing sort of tranche. What Rebecca is saying is you should go in and have a look at the twos and the threes stars um, and see what is being said about their service. And you can use that to improve yours or you can use that to find your competitor's weak spot. I really liked it. I like that. Do you like that? Yeah. So the idea being that the five star are just the people who think they're amazing. The one star are just the people who think they're rubbish. But actually two and three star where you get the constructive criticism Ooh. we liked this but this fell down that kind yeah. of thing we can that. learn from that's it. clever you can learn from it, it. and it's that thing you know anybody who's worked with me they'll know that i talk a lot about know your own business but know your competitors just as well yeah. you know keep your friends closer your enemies even closer because you've got to get in their heads haven't you if mm. you want to get to a point where that piece of business is lost from your for your competitor because they know they're up against you if you can just get in their heads and niggle away at them then that's when you'll start to win the business and really dominate a marketplace so get in their heads by knowing your competitors as well as you know yourself and yeah. that's a really good way so who is that rebecca Rebecca Beardmore. So thank you, Rebecca. We'll shout out Brilliant. to you. So yeah, it's 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 what you do that sets you apart. Why do you get up bed in the morning and why does anybody else care? Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to have a look through here whether we've touched on everything that we wanted to with our little headlines. Uh, oh, mm. TV, Wim Hof. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Cold showers, the way to go. I have a cold shower. I've had, I was talking to another trainer, Richard Rollins, about this about last summer. And because um, Wim Hof's been around for quite some time, it's about a mindset. So, how this is coming to the state agency, it's about mindset, isn't it? It's about how you approach something that really you are fearful. I haven't seen the series, but I've Good. read a lot about Wim Hof in the past. Um, and he talks about the fact that actually the cold is a mindset thing and you can start by just practicing by having a warm shower and then having 15 minutes, and 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 yeah. seconds, and build your way up to two minutes in the shower mm -hmm. at the end about being cold and how good it is for your, it energizes you. And it really does. It genuinely does. If, you, if you've not done it, do it. You will make a big, big difference. Um, but does Holly Willoughby dive into an ice bucket or anything like that? She doesn't, but your friend and mine, Gabby Roslin, does. 
I had a photograph with her once. Um, I did you too. took it. You cut me out. I cut you off. Excellent. <laughs> uh, that's good. When me off is good, and that's again. It comes back to mindset, doesn't it? This comes mm. back to your getting got. Yeah. No, just talk about your getting got one more time. So instead of saying I've got to go and do my team meeting, you can turn it around and change got to get. So I get to do my team meeting and it just puts your positive mindset. Tweak of those words makes a real difference. I've got to go and see my mum. I get to go and see my mum. It's just just little tweak and changes can make all the difference. Yeah. And also on, on that front as well, tweak on changes. We, we've talked previously about jargon and we're working on a jargon sheet, aren't we, Martin, yeah. um, about yeah, is it a vendor? Is it a seller? Is it a consumer? Are they a client? We're not really sure. Yeah, it, it's very confusing. So in the coming weeks, we're going to be able to produce out again another one of our kind of lists that says all of these words mean this to try and clear the jargon back to our transparency and openness. Have you been able to explain to your trainee that a seller isn't a room under the house, that it's actually somebody who's putting a property on the market? <laughs> See, that's on our list. <laughs> so I think that just about wraps us up for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we certainly have. There's lots of smiles and laughs and giggles that go on here. And next week, Martin is going to promise not to go for a wee 30 seconds before we go live. I washed so my hands. I washed my hands. <laughs> so Honest, Mum. Have a great week. Um, enjoy Earth Day tomorrow. Make sure you're wearing green. And we'll report back in um, next Thursday, live at 8.35. This is House of Property, over and out.